the millennials. Igniting the youth. Welcome to Voice of the Millennials with myself, Yasin Kippi. Interesting program tonight we have. We're talking Stephen Hawking and uh, we know that he passed away on the 14th of March this year. We also talked to international human rights lawyer, and that's Sami Ali after 8. But uh, let's talk about Stephen Hawking. There's been lots of debates from Muslims themselves about his end of fear. What does that mean? That's a very interesting question, and I spoke to Sheikh Fakhruddin Oasi about that. But before we do that, we obviously are into pop culture and various uh, films that have been made on the lives of many different people from history. The Theory of Everything is the film made about Stephen Hawking, the theoretical physicist. And uh, to talk to us more about that film, we have on the line our resident film reviewer, Muazz Amir from the UK. Assalamu alaikum, welcome to the show, Muazz. Welcome, how are you? I'm very well, and um, I think it was um, kind of a shock, but also not that surprising for people um, when they learned about Stephen Hawking's death. And there was a lot of debates around uh, who he was and from both religious people and obviously non-religious people, uh, people talking about his contribution to science. Who was Stephen Hawking in your perspective, in your opinion? And uh, tell us about this film that was made about him, The Theory of Everything. Certainly, he, um, there was um, a great shock and also, not at the same time, not a, not a very big surprise at the news of his death. Because, I mean, if you knew anything about the life of the man, he lived many, many more decades than was actually anticipated. He, um, uh-huh. Stephen Hawking, he, he, he um, developed at the age of 21 a very fatal um, illness. Um, it, was, it was a very fatal form of paralysis. And it was um, whilst he was a student at Cambridge University. And um, he was a very brilliant student, uh, a very brilliant physics student. And um, he developed a form of paralysis which only deteriorated further as... as years progressed so at first he had to walk with a cane and then he was in a wheelchair and then even his talking uh, ceased and essentially what what happens is he he ends up um, uh, um, communicating via a computer with with an audio generation uh, for for when he would speak and it was actually um, he was actually expected to die many years earlier but he did live a very incredible life and he lived for very very many decades, and he passed away only, like you said, last month as um, as an old man, uh, having accomplished very much um, between the 1960s and today in the field of physics, uh, theoretical physics, and um, a lot of other kind of physics that perhaps a person like me isn't really with my law background isn't really um, qualified to speak about. Uh, what we are going to talk today about, though, is um, the the who was the man Stephen Hawking's behind all the brilliance and all the you know um, intellectual science and uh, what was he like as a person? How was his unique life? Um, how did he react to the unique circumstances of his life? How did the other people react to the unique circumstances of his life? And a very brilliant movie uh, was made about about him not too long ago in uh, 2014. And I will be discussing some spoilers because the film is fairly old now. It was very fairly famous. So I'm, I'm assuming a lot of people have 
seen it and um i to start off with i yep. do recommend the movie it's called the theory of everything uh, for 2014 directed by james marsh and starring um Eddie Redmayne as Stephen Hawking, and the other uh, big character uh, is his wife uh, Jane, um, who's actually played by uh, Felicity Jones. And both characters, both actors, do fantastic jobs um, in their respective roles, uh, especially Eddie Redmayne, uh, because he had he had a lot to, um, to to work with. He had a lot to convey, as you can imagine. He spent most of the film in in um, in a wheelchair and um, not not being able to move or essentially yet he managed to convey a lot of powerful emotions just from uh slight lip movements and slight um movements with his eyes and um i think that i just want to get, say kudos to him yeah. uh, i also want to say uh kudos to J- uh, to felicity jones for her portrayal of jane hawking um and um really portrayed in this film as as uh, a very caring and very you know nurturing um uh, wife to um Eddie Redmayne, Stephen Hawking, and they, they certainly are shown to have a very faithful and very brilliant relationship. And Stephen Hawking, essentially as well, is shown as a very, very gentle soul. And I think Eddie Redmayne is very good at portraying such um, characters. Another film of his that I that comes to mind is uh, the Fantastic Beasts um, spin-off series from Harry Potter, and where he plays a new Scalamander uh, and uh, how he is very affectionate towards um, magical creatures and he really does bring that affection in this role unfortunately from what is popularly known Stephen Hawking was not a very gracious man um, when it came to his relationships with um, other people he was said to be very um, aggressive and abusive from from what I've read uh, especially um, with regards to his personal personal life and um, the film doesn't really touch on that. The film uh, yeah. portrays actually the film seems to portray his wife in a more negative light, who who ends up leaving him after very many uh, very many years. Which is which is uh, yeah. Which is what I really want to get into. Why is it you know the genre of the film is biographical and it's also a romantic drama? Do you think that's befitting? Um, essentially, I think I've we've disc- we've discussed a few biopics on this on on this show before. I think. The, the, the thing about a biopic is it's essentially the same as as any biography that's not written by or produced by the the actual um, subject matter or the, the character. It's it, there'll always be a certain element of bias to it. So, for instance, um, somebody uh, like when we, for, for example, discussed the. Um, Malcolm X biopic, and uh, I, I mentioned that there was a lot of protest and a lot of upheaval uh, by the African American community in the U.S. that Mal- Malcolm X should be portrayed accurately, and he shouldn't yeah. be portrayed as some sort of um, you know radical uh, fanatic who um, who was just a hate monger. And um, Spike Lee did a fantastic job with uh, with his portrayal of. Uh, so essentially, um, films like, for, for instance. Uh, the Darkest Hour, which is another film that released very recently, and it's um, Gary Oldman won his first uh, Oscar for that movie, uh, which portrayed the life of, um, well, not the life, but perhaps a certain period of the life of Winston Churchill. And a lot of people of color were very, very disgusted by the film because it portrays as Churchill as some sort of hero. But a lot of people, a lot of historians will tell you that Churchill was a, was a very big bigot and racist, especially towards Muslims. And... Um, especially towards people in the from the Indian subcontinent. So essentially, I think that it really depends on what the filmmaker is trying to portray. And um, films, at the end of the day, will have creative licenses. Even some of the most accurate biopics um, do take creative licenses. It's uh, essentially just to get more seats uh, filled yeah. up in the cinema. And um, mm-hmm. whether or not this, whether or not it was harmless or harmful, 
in this film, um, uh, I, I, perhaps I'm not the judge because his um, his relationship with his um, with, with with other people isn't the primary subject matter and uh, the, his legacy that will be remembered. His legacy that will be remembered is his contribution to science and to um, intellectualism in in the world today. And let's let's get into that. And perhaps that's also where a bit of the thorny area is. I don't know if you. Uh, played um, your your interview with Sheikh Fakhruddin Oasi as yet, or whether you will play afterwards, where um, you're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna delve in the aqidah of the matter of um, you know w- what is what is the um, destiny of people who who de- deny God, and I'm not gonna essentially place any value on that because I don't know his you know his his iman at, at the end of his life, but we are gonna talk about this film does depict him as an atheist. Um, it, it depicts him as somebody who's very frustrated with with the idea of religion. Um, he ha- he does his character does in the film say that I don't like God very much. Um, he talks about how he p- thinks God as thinks of God as um, as some sort of a mean character, which really does go to show. Um, I mean, a lot of the new atheists today, Sam Harris, Richard um, Dawkins, don't have a very strong understanding of creed and well, essentially even Muslim creed because they don't really understand what it, what God is or. Um, uh, so they they don't know how to ask the right questions, but essentially this film does depict um, Stephen Hawking as somebody who's out there to d- uh, disprove God, and it does uh, accurately actually um, de- depict frustrations that that are caused between him and um, the people in his life. Uh, his wife was a very devout Christian, and she um, uh, was uh, very devoted to the church, and essentially she ha- she ended up leaving him. Uh, and and uh, getting married to a very religious man because of, just simply because she couldn't cope with um, uh, some sort of the, the, some sort of um, vendetta that uh, he had against uh, God and I'm sure that if you can speak to perhaps yeah. uh, some uh, so, uh, a, science, a science student who perhaps has uh, mm-hmm. grounding in the teen and understands uh, these matters they can they can talk to you more about it. Let's get into that, but uh, let's just take a break and when we come back we'll um, listen to my short interview with Shafakhan Wesi just after this. In this vast universe, we can feel small and helpless. But together, we can make a really big difference. At Penny Appeal, we work hard each day. To make sure your donations make a big difference all around the world. From humble beginnings, we're growing. Joining the big fight against poverty. We're grateful for every single donation. So we want to say a big thank you. Penny Appeal. Small change. Big difference. My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, the voice of the Cape. So to Voice of the Millennials. With Yasin Kipi. Igniting the youth. Back to Voice of the Millennials with myself, Yasin Kipi, and we were getting into some very interesting parts, um, but I had to cut off that part for the marketplace to take uh, the spot on the radio. But let's talk about his, you know, religious beliefs. And you mentioned that he was seemingly atheist. In fact, he had his, his wife divorced him because of that um, vendetta he had against religion. Um, however, there's been a lot of debates around this topic. We know these Al Jazeera and all of these other news media have come out and say Stephen Hawking, a scientist who stood up for Palestine. Uh, apparently, one of his last deeds were in, was in fact feeding the needy. Uh, how how do we make 
um, what do we make of, of Stephen Hawking when it comes to his afterlife? And and I think we can just play uh, an interview soon um, about this that I had uh, with uh, Shafakrin Owesi. Um, let's take a listen. Stephen Hawking. There's been debates among Muslims about his end of fear. Many people have mocked that we even have such a debate and other people are taking it seriously. What is your opinion on this matter, Shafakrin? الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن والاه. First and foremost, uh, Islam teaches us to respect the dead. So we have that as our priority. So when someone dies, uh, and in this case a non-Muslim dies, uh, the first thing is we need to understand, we need to maintain respect for the person who has died. And uh, it is therefore disrespectful to go into any such discussions about the afterlife of a person who has passed away. Uh, the Prophet ﷺ himself did not do that. Many non-Muslims would die in his time, even enemies, and he wouldn't be talking about their afterlife statuses. And what we find also is that in his own time there's a hadith in Bukhari that ﷺ was one day sitting in the masjid and then a, you know, uh, a funeral went past and he saw a lot of people walking with that buyer. Uh, and then he stood up out of respect for it. So the Sahaba, they said to Isriya Rasulullah, uh, it's actually the funeral of a Jew. So like, you don't have to stand up to respect it as such. It's the funeral of a Jew. So the Nabi وسلم, said, but it's still a soul. So the soul is returning to his creator. So therefore we uh, maintain cordiality and respect when uh, someone passes away. And it's disrespectful for us to go into such debates and play God. Uh, none of us knows what's going to happen to us. I don't know what's going to happen to me. You don't know what's going to happen to you the year after. No one can say that. In fact, the Quran and the Sunnah strongly prohibit for human beings to pass judgments like that. On He's definitely going to the fire. He's definitely going to... Uh, to paradise, to Jannah. So therefore, I think uh, such a debate shouldn't be happening uh, in the first place. So that's the view of a scholar. We shouldn't actually be debating this thing. And it was the same case when Nelson Mandela passed away, when uh, Mother Teresa, etc. Uh, many Muslims said, RIP, rest in peace. And there's been lots of debate whether that's actually a prayer was just symbolic for respect that happens during our modern age. What do you make of that, Muazzam? And uh, what is the um, really the the understanding that people get from watching this movie about his beliefs? No, certainly, um, uh, Sheikh Fakhruddin uh, is completely right. Of course, we can't um, we can't make you know make any statements, uh, de- declaratory statements about um, the, the state of um, his akhirah. Uh, but essentially, I think that um, we have to be aware about agendas that are being pushed by um, uh, by, by, by filmmakers, and especially, you know, um, ho- by Hollywood and, and by um, the, the modern world. The modern world is um, essentially uh, tr- trying to uh, push uh, push us away from um, modern modern intellectualism. Is trying to push us away from uh, philosophy, or um, uh, you know. Uh, as, as, as a platform for for, for knowledge and um, more more towards science and you know scientism and in fact even um, 
Stephen Hawking made a, a famous statement once saying philosophy is dead, which ironically is a philosophical statement. And so we need to be very careful about how, what kind of legacy, um, uh, we, we, at least we need to be careful in understanding what kind of legacy they're trying to portray and what kind of um, lesson that they're trying to give out from this biopic. Because biopics essentially are, get, have a message in them. Uh, um, what is, why is this person so important? Why is he so relevant that we have to make a full, a, a full movie about him? And essentially, one of the reasons that uh, the, the, one of the things that the film was trying to portray, and rightfully so, it was a very inspirational film. It was it was trying to portray that um, he could he managed to succeed in life and uh, get so far, um, even though he didn't have any strong religious beliefs. So, for for instance, one of the uh, final scenes in the film is where. Um, at an interview, a man asks him, "You know, how can you? How can you? Um, you have said that you do not believe in God, and uh, how do you find uh, meaning in 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 all, in all this? And how do you get your, your you know your power and your motivation?" It's a very inspirational scene. It's a very touching scene, actually. It's portrayed as such, which only it is to do. Um, create sympathy from, from the viewer. It's, it's it's a very good technique, and it's it's very good filmmaking. And essentially, what happens is he. Um, he has a dream-like scenario where he imagines himself standing up and, um, you know, dancing around the auditorium, and he's very healthy and he's very strong. But in reality, he's, he's in the wheelchair. But he, um, he, the whole point of that is to show that even though he's physically confi- confined to the to the wheelchair, he doesn't have any constraints on his mind. And in that, that's exactly what he talks about. He says that, um, you know, um, uh, the power of positivity and uh, and just the knowledge that there's so much that we can gain. This is this is where I get my inspiration from. And essentially, the um, the message that that is trying to convey is that you don't, according to my interpretation, anyways. Perhaps somebody else might have a different opinion. Is that you don't need um, a god or you don't need religion in your life. To have to have like um, meaning and to have and that's this is what a lot of um, uh, new, new age atheists um, talk about. A lot, uh, people like Sam Harris are always talking about you don't need or even Bill Maher you don't need um, a, a religion to uh, to to make, to have a meaningful life and stuff. And of course, if you read some of the biopics of, um, of other famous atheists like Nietzsche, you you find out that they've lived they lived like very painful and depressing lives and so we ha- we as muslims need to be very careful about what kind of messages we want to extract and what kind of lessons we want to learn sure the film is very inspirational i mean he he did he did do a lot for science and he did um and i mean as as we know he um had a very strong um support for the palestinian cause and uh, he did um he did live a remarkable life with his um with his, uh, with the amount of years he lived, but we also have to understand that in reality, it's Allah doing all these things, and it's not solely from being a positive person or, you know, thinking well of the universe. You know, whatever that means. It's a very new age concept, um, and so my only gripe is that we need to be. Um, of course, we can't make any judgment about where he where he is right now. Um, uh, now that he has passed away, but we have to be very careful about how we wish to remember him and what kind of lessons we wanna we wanna um, we want to extract from his life and um, and from and from the unique circumstances of his life more um, more so. Now, what's very interesting, I was reading an article by a um, professor, um, Dr. Sam Hassan, in, in in the UK, and he was talking about. Um, Stephen Hawking, besides the fact that you know he was ethically quite very moral in terms of his actions, 
But what is required is an analysis of his work in, in relation to the aqidah, the theology of the Muslims. And he was talking about the basic theology that comes out of uh, Stephen Hawking's lectures and Stephen Hawking's papers. Uh, he delivered a number of lectures on imaginary time and even predestination. And one of the things that he said was that the, he was asked the question, is everything predestined? And um, Stephen Hawking said, yes, everything is predestined, but it might as well not be since we can never know. And um, the Dr. Osama Hassan said that what this is really a belief that everything is predestined but act, act as though nothing is. In Islamic texts, it is the belief of determinists, the Jabbariya, and also um, that's the, the, the idea in Aqidah. But they behave like free w- people of complete free will, the Qadriya. And so um, that's a really interesting analysis and talking about how that syncs with the Ashari school and whether that's you know heresy or not these debates and hopefully we can inshallah we can have perhaps a science student to talk about that someone who's schooled in both deen and and and, and, and perhaps we can have you on again also Muazzam to talk, to contribute towards that um, I think that's very interesting because no matter who the person is we still have a, a duty to understand his his philosophies and his you know scientific thought because we have to answer these questions that are asked by so many people what do you think no, definitely, especially um, his views on, uh, he had some very interesting views on uh, parallel universes. He had some very interesting views on um, artificial intelligence, which is something that's uh, beginning to scare a lot of people. And um, uh, we, we definitely want to, of course, um, you know, wisdom is the lost sheep of the believer, as as, um, as you know uh, better than I do, that mm-hmm. um, wherever wherever we find wisdom, we have a greater right towards it. And we do definitely need to... Um, we do definitely need to learn as much as we can and distill it down in a way that we uh, that benefits us uh, greater and to, and to leave aside that that does not benefit us as um, as Muslims if we want to achieve uh, you know uh, intellectual enlightenment in 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 terms of uh, you know science um, uh, today in the world and we need to look at things through our paradigm and um, while also learning and um, and also you know. Um, critiquing uh, these giants of um, their respective fields, whether it's science or it's philosophy. And um, certainly, yes, I think that it's very important to spark spark uh, these these kind of discussions. Uh, There's a lot that we, there's a lot that there is to learn from such people. Okay, so what's your overall rating of this film? This film was a very good movie. Um, It's uh, a good length. It's a two-hour film. It covers his entire life up till well you know before he passed away but up till his 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 current state before he passed away and um uh it's 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 got very dramatic scenes it's very very moving and very touching it's um created it's it's very soft on the heart i recommend it for the entire family actually and i think i would give this film a solid um 7.7 the imdb has given it a 7.7 and i agree with the um imdb rating it, yeah, absolutely. Well, there, there's something that we want to do in the segment, don't we? We've been looking at various films, but uh, I think we we should start looking at themes. Um, for those who, you know, we hope they tune into the next installment of the film review on The Voice of the Millennials. What can they look forward to in terms of themes about what we discuss um, and how films, you know, replicate those themes? No, essentially, inshallah, I, I do have uh, uh, an intention. It's, we, it's, it's a very ambitious, um, ambitious intention for, for both of us, and you know, may, may be successful. I mean, uh-huh. that um, I, I want to talk about uh, themes and how they be how, how they're relevant um, in the current world and how um, 
I mean, how, how they're relevant in films, and uh, mm-hmm. we look at groups of films, and we can perhaps see the development of these themes across films. So one theme that uh, I think is very prevail- uh, very necessary to talk about is Islamophobia and um, how Muslims or even Middle Eastern people are portrayed, um, have been portrayed in films uh, through the years yeah. and um, in television as well. And that can also tie into Orientalism because the two do go hand in hand, um, uh, uh, if we can be honest. And then perhaps we can also look at certain um, uh, genres and we can discuss uh, uh, we can discuss genre by genre as well. Um, you know, we can discuss comedy genres and, uh, you know, dramatic genres and how they've, how society and has changed their view on, on these genres as well. I think it's something very interesting that we can uh, touch on and discuss. Yeah, and something genre. just quickly, I think uh, postmodernism is also one of the themes that we want to do with. I was reading this article about how so many of these television shows that we've come to sometimes like as as, as, as watchers and um, people watch and as young people, um, you know, have postmodern thought into that, which is really a rejection of oh, definitions. Then- um, and I was just, uh, yeah. So I just uh, wanted to, I, I mean, wanted to mention this one. I want to mention this one quote where in, in, in community, uh, Jeff Winger says, you know, I discovered at a very early age that if I talk long enough, I could not, I could make anything right or wrong. So either I'm God or truth is relative. A quote couldn't be more postmodern than that. So definitely a lot of um, television shows lately have, um, have, uh, especially very successful ones have touched on elements of um, moral relativism. For example, um, uh, the you know the, the biggest pro- program on TV today, um, Game of Thrones, and the, the entire film, uh, well, the entire saga essentially um, is, is about um, uh, you know in, in politics everything is everything is, is right and everything is wrong. It just depends on um, uh, and essentially that nothing is right and nothing is wrong. It just depends on the outcome, yep. which I think is very uh, which, which I think is very um, postmodernist. Um, uh, where and it talks about the, there's no there's essentially no meaning in the world, and we'll definitely talk about how that affects our way of thinking because. Um, these philosophies reach us, even though we, uh, as young people, as just lay people, how, um, how we, we're not always exposed to these philosophies directly from mm-hmm. uh, the, these thinkers. We, we, how do we, uh, how do they, uh, um, how do these philosophies reach us through um, pop culture? It's it's pop culture, and that mm-hmm. is why pop culture is a very dangerous tool. But it's also um, it can be a very constructive tool. And inshallah, the our our podcasts and our um, you know our, our papers and our um, interviews will be. Uh, tackling pop culture and um, you know de- deconstructing uh, the deconstructions that they're attempting to make yeah I think that's a good effort to do so that's my Azamir film review for the voice of the millennials um, uh, you can find podcasts of this and previous interviews on iono.fm that's iono.fm forward slash c forward slash 1979 um, of course it's 2018 at the moment but that's the <laughs> that's the URL um, Azam thank you very much and, and you can you can find my mm-hmm. um, you can yep. find my uh, my blog as well at uh, realtalkblog.com film and television review it's on word it's on wordpress that's that that's the case and uh, we'll be sharing all of this on our facebook page so you can um, head over over there and we'll share the podcast thank you so much and all the best